For garden color from the ground up, start with the ground. Vigoro Colored Bark Mulch from The Home Depot. Now, three bags for just nine bucks. It protects your plants beautifully and maintains its color for up to 12 months in shades of red, brown, or black that really set off your garden, not to mention your spring. Bring on spring color with Vigoro Colored Bark Mulch. Three bags, nine bucks. Now at The Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Limit 60 per customer. Color selection varies by store. What's up, everybody? Uh, this is obviously not Drake. <laughs> I hope this isn't copywritten. I keep getting in trouble. This guy's just as good. Whatever. What's up, everybody? This is Joshua T. Berglund's Morning Gratitude. Being heard on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, being seen on YouTube, and of course, all of you lovely Facebook people, good morning, how are you? Good to see you this morning. Oh man, I'm excited about today. I have this thing with having badass women on the show, I just freaking love it, um, and I have one of my favorite people in the world joining the show today, which is really cool. I want to read something. I went to an event, I think I told you guys about yesterday, uh, the night before, and I met Dr. Talbaum, uh, who's a hypnotist, but he has this amazing card that he gives people, but he's got a poem he wrote called Lead With Your Heart. I want to read this because I thought it was cool. When you make a commitment to lead with your heart, it becomes very easy to know where to start. You know not to believe everything on your mind. And what troubles you sometimes can change on a dime. And nothing's impossible when you stay the course. Persistence will always beat effort and force. Like the great Don Quixote, you live by your quest. Like a phoenix from ashes, you rise o'er the rest. As one who is focused on what's here and now, you know what to do to reject or allow. You're powerful, you're limitless, and loving. And so, be present and wakeful be quiet and know that's nothing that nothing's impossible for me or you so go forth and lead in a way that is true do what you love and the money will follow and so will the world if your goals aren't hollow give from your soul make magic from strife and you'll leave a legacy that outlives your life that's freaking awesome holy crap i love that very cool, Dr. Talbom. Awesome meeting you. Good morning, Trish, Michelle, Robert, Bonnie. Good to see you guys this morning. If you're wondering who the heck I'm talking about, about radio audience, I'm talking to Facebook, and you can, of course, join us at Joshua T. Berglund's Morning Gratitude. With that said, my friend, Tyler Renee, is going to join the show now. <laughs> Love it. I'm so excited. 
Hi, Tyler. Hello, can you see me? I can see you. Can you Hi. see me? Hi. <laughs> yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, I absolutely can. I love your background. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it's a tapestry in my room, and it just makes me happy, so I figured I'd stand right in front of it. <laughs> it's making me happy, too. I just... <laughs> I'm watching it through the screen. Um, so, first things first, Tyler. What are you grateful yeah. for this morning? Okay. Hand over my heart. Um, I am so grateful to be on here with you, honestly, to have the connections that I have. Um, I'm grateful for my empathy. I'm grateful for my, my parents. I'm grateful for the fact that I've been able to lead with my heart, just like that, um, that poem that you shared. Uh, it really almost made me cry already. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm just grateful to connect and be heard, so I'm grateful for you. Thank you. Well, welcome to the show. It's uh, I've been waiting for this day for a long time because you have been <laughs> me too. one of my favorite people um, that I've met since mm -hmm. I've, really in, in, in my life, but we met when I moved to San Diego and I'm just super stoked. Um, you've br you brought up empathy yeah. and that's, mm -hmm. <laughs> empathy can be hard. Like, it's a challenge. Would you say that you were born with an, an empathic heart? Is that correct? Is that, did I say that right? Um, but, I mean, have you always yeah. had empathy, or is this something that you've had to learn over time? No, empathy has been very natural for me, almost, like, too natural. Um, oh, wow. I, I really, for me, it's been, like, a blessing and a curse um, in the fact that I feel so much, I would say I'm a highly sensitive person, and and for me, I had to learn that not everyone else was empathetic, naturally, that that I, you know, I did trust easily, and I, I still do naturally trust until I'm, I, I think I shouldn't, so for me, it's just always been naturally like, oh, I feel what this person is feeling, I'm able to put myself in their shoes, I had a big imagination as a little girl, and I'd always pretend I would be someone on an adventure, I, you know, be with a friend on my school bus, and I would be like, okay, we're not on a school bus, we're on a regular bus, and our backpacks aren't filled with books, it's filled with clothes, and I would just go on this storyline, it'd be so much fun, but naturally, I'd just start putting myself in other people's shoes, just because I wanted to know what it felt like, you know, um, so I, yeah, I guess it's very natural for me. So, with somebody with that kind of heart, you probably have set yourself up to be hurt quite a bit. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, luckily, I had amazing parents. They they were just they they created so much um, joy and imagination, allowed me to just be who I am, and there was no judgment there. But when I went to school, that's where it was really tough for me. Um, where you know I cried really easily too, so that wasn't a cry baby. It was definitely nicknamed that I hated. And um, what, what came with being empathetic in school was that I'd have these friends that um, were pretty cruel to me, and um, I think they were just curious to see how, how long or how easy it was to get me to cry. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it was just really tough to know that these were my friends, and that's what friendship was. That's what right. I started defining friendship. Um, and so I started looking at crying and my uh, empathic abilities as a weakness. And so I really started shutting myself down and not really being a leader, I started following because all of a sudden, 
I, heaven forbid, I say anything that would disrupt anything, I know that I would start crying and, you know, I wouldn't look very strong, so I just kept my mouth shut and, you know, just kept everything suppressed. So, I did everything that I could not to cry in front of people, which doesn't work. Like, it just doesn't. I don't have an off switch. <laughs> Dang it. But there's a beauty in it, too, you know? I just had to, you know, get into my 20s before I started to embrace it. God, that that just hits home for me in a different way. Two things. One, I am a very sensitive guy. Like, I'm very sensitive to other people's feelings and injustices and, and hurt. But for myself, when I experience hurt, I learned early on to run from it. And, and then my hurt now is expressed through anger. And that is something that I'm really looking forward to because I go to Breakthrough this weekend. Um, <laughs> I mean, oh God, today, I'm actually, as soon as I leave here, I'm going to Breakthrough. But I mean, it's like I'm ready to fix, like get rid of that part because I know it's a secondary emotion. So, because I would rather just feel the hurt now because I know that through that hurt is where a lot of my power comes from. Um, the second thing too about your gift, I, my gift of vision thought I, I honestly thought I was crazy. I thought I was, I needed to belong, belong in a loony bin because I could not figure out why I could have these visions for companies that I was working with. And, and like, why are they laughing at me? Why are they ridiculing me then stealing my idea? Like, what is going on? Am I crazy? Am I crazy? Is it me? Is it me? Is it me? No, I found out now that it was them. <laughs> it just did nothing to do with me. And that is empowering to finally accept that. But my God, to run from that gift and to deny that gift for most of my life caused me to live very recklessly and dangerously in a very just destructive life. Because I feel when you run from your purpose, that happens. When you run from your gifts and don't use the ones that God gave you, it's almost like you're just killing yourself slowly, you know? Yeah. So I completely relate to you on that. So tell everybody, the audience that is not familiar with Tyler Renee yet, um, <laughs> the people that are just being introduced to you, tell tell a little bit about yourself, like what you're all about and what you do. Okay. Um, I am someone that wants to lead from example in terms of um, that the good can outweigh the bad, that, um, that we can lead with love and there's a power that is so strong behind that and that vulnerability is a strength and that everyone has an ability to be heard and seen and that you should never shut yourself off to the possibility of it because you all have a unique gift um, and that sometimes we grow up very limited and for me, my message is to, is to offer everyone else the ability to see what's possible uh, and not shut it down because of societal norms of what other people think that you should be doing. Because I think we have so much pressure in this world that tells us who we're supposed to be when really like we forget to dive into our heart and say, I really want to do this, but I have no idea why, but you know you're connected there. So I knew for me, like, it took me a long time to really understand that I'm meant to help people one way or another. (laughs) I know that I'm meant to do this. I know that my entity is part of that gift. I know that 
um, that every single person is born with a gift, whether they deny it or not, it is there within them. And for me, it's just being able to see that and, and feel it and own it and step into it and not make yourself wrong when everyone else gives you shit, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so are you, are, you, are you a coach or what do you do? Yeah, so I am a coach. Um, I'm also in Toastmaster, so I've been working on being a speaker as well. I would love the opportunity to speak more. Um, but I honestly, to be very vulnerable, I haven't really put myself out there. And this is honestly a great platform to do that. Um, and I think with my vulnerability and my um, sensitivity, uh, there's still a little bit of that that I'm hiding behind. And, um, that's just being purely honest, but um, yeah, I, I want to speak more, and I honestly want to perform more. If that makes sense. Perform, uh, perform did. what? Because I've seen <laughs> you dance. <laughs> well, I love dancing. I love dancing. <laughs> it's just like it's natural. It's in my like I'm my happiest when I'm dancing. Um, and also, when I was in college, I was in a minor in theater, and I guess that's where empathy can also go into, but being able to maybe portray on a stage somehow um, to show people what it feels like to embody possibility. Um, so there's something within theater or presenting or performing that I feel very called to, but I haven't quite figured out what that, like how to get there in that platform. So it's just in the back of my mind of like expression, like this is my thing, visualization, self-expression, feeling joy and being able to fully own it and embody it and be empowered. So there, <laughs> that's, that's how, that's who I am. <laughs> It's just been hiding. Okay. Long. <laughs> but so you could have, oh my gosh. So you could go, you could take that performance and, and like tie it into like your form of like speaking. Like, cause you're an amazing speaker. I, I'll, oh my God. I, I watched, um, I even shared it. I, I, you were terrific. And it was your mm-hmm. Toastmaster speech, I believe. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But I totally see you being able to f- take that and morph it in with performance and do a one man, one woman stage show mm-hmm. where it, it is yeah. time motivational, but you can take that and tour with it. Oh my right. gosh. Yeah. Like, so I totally would watch that. I would watch that. <laughs> yeah. And a huge inspiration for me growing up, I've been, I've been in love with musicals. And so, not that I can really sing, I've, I've been in a musical, but it's, it's not, I don't have like vocal training, but, um, but there's something there when you go see a show and there's that music behind the whole storyline. You see it live and you just feel you feel that you can relate to the story. Like I don't know if you've seen Wicked, but you know, where to see the Wicked Witch become wicked, to see like the anger behind it and the emotions and you're like, Oh my god, I totally can understand and relate to this person and as to why they're so angry because right. they've been hurt. You know, so there's just something there where if you can tell a story in more than just words with like feelings, action, dance, song, I don't know, something where people are it's hidden here and they can take it home and relate to it, that's been a huge inspiration for me. I don't even think if it, ma- it matters if somebody is a good singer or not because somebody, <laughs> when, they, when they feel, when you feel what you're saying and, or singing or expressing, like, I, mm-hmm. it, 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 it resonates. It's just like, for instance, the motivational speakers. My favorite motivational speakers or inspirational speakers don't follow a format. 
they don't do the five rules of speaking. They say, piss on that. I'm going to speak from my heart and I'm something may come out of me that wasn't planned. But the fact is it wasn't planned. It was pure. It was, it was mm-hmm. through me, not, you know, on top of the head, I'm speaking what I remembered. I'm going to cry here and I'm going to pose here and I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to tell my story. No, it's just what comes from you or through you. And mm-hmm. so then it doesn't matter if you screw up. It doesn't matter if you stutter. It doesn't matter if you remembered your whole speech or not. The fact is it right. came through your heart and people feel that more than they do as something scripted. So right. I, I, again, I support you on this because I <laughs> know the energy that you express and the heart that you put out is on every one of your videos. You're authentic and mm-hmm. real. And that's why I'm a fan of you. I'm, I'm a giant, giant fan of yours. And I'm lucky to call you a friend, which is great. (laughs) I'm a big fan of you as well, so thank you. I really appreciate that. (laughs) So tell me, like, so now that you've told us some of your goals, I I love that. Mm -hmm. Express to me, tell me something you're scared of. Like what what fear (laughs) or doubt is something Mm -hmm. that is holding you back from really feeling like you've broken through? So fear is a big a big one for me and like I think a lot of it stems from my childhood of like not wanting to look weak um also wanting to make it look perfect like there's this like need to like oh it's got to be just right before I go out you know like it's got to be um have to look a certain way and like that's the pressure I'm putting on myself when really like at the end of the day it's daring to suck and I spoke into that yesterday but like daring to just fall flat on your face because daring to suck is daring to succeed. So it's just being able to <laughs> launch into that, but being able to fall on your face in the meantime and pick yourself up and not worry so much about what people think. And I think because I have been so empathetic, I can literally walk into a room and see like micro expressions and like feel and, and feel like sometimes how someone's feeling towards me, or maybe I'm making a story up about that, who knows? Um, but it, it alters how I feel about being authentic and showing up a certain way. So it's interesting um, how that fear has allowed me to play small and, and shrink in, into that versus like really like embody who I really am and really encapsulate this heart that I know is just waiting to like just, you know, spread its love all over the world. <laughs> um, so a lot of the fear is... Um, like I, I want to be seen and there's a fear of being seen um, because I may do something stupid or say something stupid or I don't know I guess I, I think everyone I think everyone can feel that to some degree um, it's just breaking through that barrier of like analysis paralysis and like not feeling like I can move forward like a deer in headlights oh my god you know just <laughs> you know it makes perfect sense you yeah. know what I'm I'm scared of is mm-hmm. I'm scared of like to truly use my power and be the powerful being that I am. And I'm not being an egomaniac, people. I don't want hate mail. Chill out. But I am a powerful human being. I have a lot of power. I know this. But I've used that power. Not that I was even like statually powerful, but I've used that before when I was ultra successful and I was doing really well. I used it for all the wrong things. And now that I'm putting myself out there and now that this show is going to television, like I have a fear of two things. One is being the center of attention and using it irresponsibly. 
Because mm-hmm. unfortunately, I have no choice but to be the center of attention with my energy. But I, ha- I want to find a way, and this is something else I'm looking forward to in this journey, is finding a way by doing that, bringing everyone with me. Like that's the one mm-hmm. thing that I want to focus on. Like with interviews, for instance, like I love elevating people's messages, but I also sometimes make myself smaller to do that. But there's mm-hmm. a way in which I'm looking forward to learning is that we can all rise together. That is my goal. And I'm, that's what I'm so excited about this weekend to learn in that mm-hmm. journey. That is, that is a true fear of mine. And the second mm-hmm. fear is being pre-recorded and being edited. Yeah. Because I'm so used to, when if I ever try to do a video where I've recorded it and it's not live, I do it 65 times. I mm-hmm. I butcher it, but when it's live, I don't care if I mess up. It's like whatever, <laughs> stupid, whatever, and then you know, and just have fun with it. But when it's mm-hmm. pre-recorded, it's like perfect, 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 perfect. And I yeah. like, there's no such thing as perfect. It's never going right. to be perfect in my mind. So just letting mm-hmm. it fly is just what I feel more comfortable doing. So I also yeah. I, another thing that I can relate to you, and I mean, I still have. Fears, even though I feel relatively fearless to try new things, I'm mm-hmm. I fear myself. <laughs> this is what it comes yeah. down to. So well, I want to acknowledge you because honestly, when I first started seeing people do Facebook Live shows, they were doing it once a week. I, even I do like my like Wednesday once a week. But you went on there and like every single day, every single day I'm going to do this. So you're putting yourself out there and you're risking not looking perfect. I think it's a perfect way to start because that way when you do have something on you that is pre-recorded, maybe you'll be less critical now than maybe you were if you started off that way, if that makes any sense. So I feel like you are really putting yourself out there on this and taking a huge risk. Like, and that's like, and that's part of it. And honestly, I commend you for doing that because it gives permission to other people to go there too. And um, while you feel like you may be like holding yourself a little smaller while you push everyone up, and I know that feeling, um, but you are also holding this space, this container, and that's like that's such a powerful role. And to to dive into um, that leadership responsibly, like you are doing that. Um, and I, I know what you mean about like, oh, I don't want to be responsible with my leadership, but you know, like we're human, so you all have you have to remember that we do make mistakes. That you know, you, it's okay to be human. You know, and I, I think just giving you permission to go there and be vulnerable too is okay. Thank you. I, my friend, uh, Journey Jill, sent me the book, The Power of Vulnerability. I just got it in the mail today. I'm super excited to listen to it. Um, I, thank you for that very much. Really quick, I want to give a shout out. Everyone listening on iHeartRadio, everyone listening on Spreaker, everybody watching on YouTube, thank you so much. And of course, all of you lovely Facebook people, Good morning, Journey Jill. I'm just talking about you. Nick Harris, my man, good to see you. Bradley, thank you so much for joining. Michelle, all the way from Spain. Um, Robert, great to see you, my man. Brandon, great to see you. Welcome to the show. We are with the lovely, amazing, uh, my friend, Tyler Renee. Um, Yeah, that, you know, I, speaking about putting yourself out there, I've left my early YouTube videos on when I was just learning how to do this and get comfortable. I laugh so hard and it's <laughs> and it and it's funny because I know the videos I can watch them hi Zinfu I know the videos that when I was in my head going oh what are people gonna think about this and I was being self-conscious 
And then I know the other videos where I just didn't give a bloody F. I was just like, boom, let it go. And uh-huh. that is where my power is. And yeah, I'm going to screw up. But I love, I love that. And, and so, but I, it's so funny how we can talk ourselves out of doing so many things that would bring mm-hmm. us joy. What, what for you, um, you talked about that, but, t- but tell us about, you told us about your current fear, but tell us about a past talk, 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 talk that you've had that kept, the, but also how you were able to stop it and break through. Okay. Give us an example of that. So, when I, I was living in Virginia about four years ago, so I lived right outside of D.C. And, um, and I went through a breakup, and a year later, I realized I was in a really deep, deep depression. And um, I really had trouble finding a way out of that. And so, for the longest time, I talked about moving to San Diego, like, just, and of course, I had all these rationalizations like, oh, the jobs are harder to find out there, across the country, I'm going to drive with over there, where will I stay, like, what job will I work? And there's all these, like, reasons why not to go, even right. though I talked about it for eight years before I actually did it. So eight? it's just like, you know, this, like, saboteur voice that's just like, you can't do that, you're not good enough, like, you know, it's just like all these things are like, and of course, in the midst of my depression, it's like, it's 10 times worse. Mm-hmm. It's like, what's my purpose? Like, I stopped playing soccer and I was doing all these things, or I wasn't doing all these things that I used to do. And uh, for me, it was like, I hit this rock bottom and I saw like, an inkling of like a chance. And I was like, well, I have nothing to lose at this point because there's like nothing going on here. My fresh start is not going to be in Virginia. Like, I just felt so low. And, um, I think it's just the ability to. I don't. I don't really recommend everyone hitting rock bottom before you launch yourself. <laughs> yeah, you don't That's have to. Where, but <laughs> yeah, for me, I felt I hit my rock bottom, or at least um, at that moment. Um, but to be able to be resourceful um, is what really allowed me to move out here four years ago, um, and. Uh, I've had a friend that helped ship his girlfriend's car, so he helped me do that as well, and then I had a friend who was living here. So I don't know, it was just like, I said, hey, I'm coming, and I think once I declared it to other people, and I was like, okay, this is official, like, I'm going to go and do this, and um, for me, I was so afraid, um, but at the same time, I was afraid of what would happen if I didn't go, um, because I didn't know... I get emotional, but um, I didn't know, like, if I'd make it. <laughs> yeah. Because I didn't really want to live anymore. <laughs> yeah. So I think for me it was, San Diego was light. It was hope. It was joy. It was opportunity. It was a place for me to run to. Not, um, I wasn't running away from anything anymore. It was like this is my chance to um, to fly to, and like everything worked out so divinely perfect. <laughs> it's crazy how divinely perfect it worked out. I I couldn't have planned it better. Um, <laughs> so weird. Um, like, I landed April 5th, 2014, 
I was determined to find a job in a month, and my first day at my job was May 5th. Like, it was weird. Um, and with that job came even more opportunities. Uh, the company had, like, done really well, and the stock, like, skyrocketed, and I got this, like, huge payout that was pretty much, for me, like, winning the lottery. Um, which allowed me to pay off my car and these student loans and like, I, I don't know, I couldn't have ever planned that in my life. Um, and I felt so lucky, but if I didn't take that chance, um, if I didn't, like then I don't, and I didn't let that, I don't know, if I let that fear stop me, then I wouldn't be where I am now and I wouldn't have gone through such a, um, I guess you could say lucky break, but. <laughs> Um, I don't always believe in luck. I think you just have to be willing to take a chance. <laughs> I'm I'm only I'm smiling so much my cheeks freaking hurt because I have the same experience with San Diego. There's a reason why I love the city so much. I mean, that's why I was like, I'm gonna run for mayor, and then I realized that's too small. I want to be known as the world's mayor. That's what I really want, and so I have a plan to make that happen. But I, but I love this city. Like I, there's something here that I can't, I try to explain mm -hmm. it. It's, but it's, I try to put it in words, but it doesn't do it justice. It's just a magical place, um, where your dreams really do come to thrive. And, yeah. and the people here, it doesn't matter if you've been here for a day, <laughs> um, uh, mm -hmm. five years or 20 years, you're all welcome. And, and, and yeah. it doesn't matter what you look like, who you love, what religion you are, you're all welcome. And mm -hmm. that, that just breeds a place for excellence and, and living the life that you were meant to leave. live, live, mm -hmm. live. So <laughs> thank, you for, thank you for sharing that. That is, it's, yeah. it's so beautiful. And it always, it just, it recharges my batteries to hear you talk about San Diego because we've had this conversation before. Mm -hmm. So that's that's amazing to me um the world's mayor yes journey jill says <laughs> journey jill is awesome I, I i freaking love her she says your share is so powerful thank you for sharing um everyone is like just really really enjoying this uh so this is amazing thank you so much tyler so tell me how, what this is probably an easy question but i always like people sharing this i got two I have two two questions for you what inspires you but first I want you to answer tell me about your favorite childhood memory <laughs> oh wow <clears throat> I have so many actually um, that's good to hear yeah no I had a really like crazy cool childhood just because I had crazy imagination and everything was an adventure right. um, but um, it was I don't know, I just remember looking out my window that looked out to the backyard and there was this huge like um, field and like a tennis court in the back and there was this one winter where the whole tennis court and basketball court like it just froze over with ice and my dad and I like bought ice skates and we could skate around the entire, like it was perfect. Like I could, I don't know, it's like someone was like put water, I don't know what they did, but it was, it was so cool. Um, gosh, that's just one of them, but, um, I don't know, rollerblading, I don't know, I guess there's a lot of movement in my life that, um, really is what makes me happy, so whether it's dance, soccer, skating, um, anything where I'm playing, <laughs> very playful. 
One of my favorite memories that came up when I asked that question was jumping off of the roof of our house with my dad. My We were like eight, nine, ten years old, and we, we would climb on the roof, and my brother and I, who was three years younger than me at the time, and my father, and we would literally jump off the roof of our house into the pool. Like that, that was one of my favorite <laughs> memories ever. I love that. So, awesome. so tell me, what is your biggest inspiration or what inspires you? Like either one you can answer. What inspires me is to see other people happy. I don't know if that's a cliche, but um, when I worked, I worked at a biotech company um, and I was an admin assistant. You know, I just support everyone. But I also called my, myself the morale officer. So I just really enjoyed it. I walked by like the IT director like a weird robot dance. I don't know. It's just something I just enjoy making people smile in the midst of their eight-hour, you know, long day. And it's like, you need to be able to laugh, you know, and like enjoy those eight hours if you're stuck there, you know? So I think for me, it's just being able to make people smile and connect. And um, I mean, I have to say, if there's anything about the corporate world that I could say that I enjoyed what it was like being able to be part of a team and like really work with people and um, the different types of people and lighting them up and um, just knowing that I can connect with all types of people. I think that's what inspires me to like keep connecting, keep learning because I just love understanding why people do what they do and I think that's why I also got into acting. It's just like what is this person's inspiration? I love understanding people. So right. I'm inspired by helping every type of person especially kids at an earlier age so they don't have to you know hurt so much later on that's a lot i love it i love it tyler you're awesome greetings all this show is getting me all fired up today happy to be experiencing it together morale officer oh my god love it yes (laughs) (laughs) hello denise jordan welcome to the show oh my gosh well, listen, I, um, I am so grateful that you came on the show. You are truly one of my favorite people, and I just wish you nothing but continued success. Um, for coming on the show, I'm going to give you a giraffe. Oh, shit, I forgot about this. <laughs> oh, the giraffe that I cannot give away or sell? No, you cannot, but you sure have to feed it and water it. So what are you going to do with it? I mean, maybe for like a few hours. Um, well, first, it really depends. Is this giraffe nice? Is he mean? Like, of course, it's a, it's a nice giraffe. It's a wonderful giraffe. It's, it's a nice giraffe. It's my spirit animal, by the way. So, of course, it's a nice giraffe. Yeah. Well, I'm an animal lover, and like, I just, I, I probably coddle the hell out of it. <laughs> and I would take it everywhere for everyone to meet. Um, I don't know what I, I just don't know. I would probably meet a giraffe expert. Wherever they are, and learn everything I possibly can about giraffes, and find a way to make it happy. Is that weird? I want to make the giraffe happy. <laughs> that's that's perfect. Yeah. I mean, oh I'll God. <laughs> Where in San Diego do you live? Like what area? Mission Beach? No, Pacific Beach. Pacific Beach. Oh, perfect on Pacific Beach. Just yeah. ride the giraffe. Yeah. Like yeah, we'll go, go to go to seven ten. Walk by. Go hey. Yeah, go on the pier. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fun. <laughs> oh my god! Thank you so much for being on the show. You're amazing. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Talk to you soon. See you guys. Bye, Thank bye. you so much.
Wow. Oh, oh, bye. See you soon. Oh my gosh, I just realized something. I think I have a second. Oh man, hold on. Nope. Oh, hold on. Yeah, we have another guest. Holy jeez, bear with me just a second. I can't believe this. I totally forgot because I stink. Hold on. I've got a really good guest. Come out. Wait. Hold on, everybody. I got to send him the link. Oh boy. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Sorry. I'm really bad about this. Where'd he go? Shoot. My message thing won't come up. Here we go. Um, <laughs> bear with me. Now. Okay. Wow. She was really good, right? Okay. So, Nick, quit flirting and behave. But she lives in San Diego. Brandon, love you too, buddy. <laughs> You're getting your hair done? You're getting your hair done watching the show? That's amazing. That is so terrific. Okay, Michelle, Tyler, you're awesome. This is so fun. Jordan, what's up, dude? Lisa Walker. Oh, you guys are great. Rob, good to see you. Welcome to the show. Yeah, world's mayor. That's going to happen. Um, so, I, yeah, we have a guest, and he's joining us now. He's an Okie, but he's really from New Orleans, but he lives in Oklahoma. I've had two Oklahoma people on this week. Oh, my gosh. What's going on here? All right, ladies and gentlemen, this dude's awesome. Seriously, he's a boss. Check it out. Jesse Miller, everybody. What What's up? What's going on, Josh? How you How doing? You, I'm good, man. How are you? It's a beautiful day, man. It is a beautiful day. What are you listening to? I, I'm just uh, I'm listening to our audio. It's a little bit easier. I'm in Starbucks hanging out. Uh, <laughs> I was like... That sounds like a background music. like you're playing your own entrance music on the show, man. I like this. Dead gum. How you doing, man? What's up? So you you're at Starbucks. Do you? I, I can't believe you support those people. Uh, <laughs> There's all those great coffee shops in the coffee shops in Oklahoma City, man. Like, what's wrong with you? There are some cool ones. I'm hanging out in Norman. It's close to the house. So just convenient to get away a little bit and, uh, and come have a conversation. So. I love it, man. I'm just giving you a hard time. I, I go to Starbucks, too. So I, it's, you know, what are you going to do? Um, dude, it, first things first. What are you grateful for this morning? Man, I'm thankful for another day. I know it's really simple and cliche, but... This morning, I woke up with my wife, played with my kids, and come to work with awesome entrepreneurs. So I'm, I'm thankful for it, man. I love what I do. Well, tell everybody what you do then. I am a CEO coach. So I work with business owners to help them transform their daily activities into what a CEO would do, and their companies fall in line as, as a result of that. Oh, wow. So how, what made you get into that? Like, why did you pick CEO and not just the, you know, the ordinary average person? Uh, CEOs are extraordinary and I love them. They're, but, but it's a really unique position and, and uh, I just, a lot of it came through pain in business, owning my own companies and understanding that that role is unique and it needs to be treated as unique. A lot of people don't understand it. It's hard to have conversations with them, and they typically feel really alone. 
in the process of building their company. So uh, the goal is to be an advocate for them, help them understand the, the daily activities. And it's, it's just the, it's the way that I'm wired. So it's where I can contribute the most value. I love that. That's a really good answer. So what would you say that of all the CEOs you worked with, the one thing they all have in common that is a strength and a weakness? Okay, so it's a what's a what's really unique about it is that we're very systematic and we're very people driven at the same time. And there's there's the balance of that is where the intricacies really come in because what I see is that they're typically lopsided. They're typically um, working that they're either more people oriented or more systematic and they haven't figured out this blend of the two. So once they figure out the blend, it's an incredible gifting until they figure out the blend. It's very, the the organization is very limited. Wow. How about that? Would you say that most CEOs are visionaries or would you say like, what would you, would, would you classify most of them as visionaries? They should be visionary, and that's that's part of the challenge. Because what happens is when you're in the daily operations, the operations start to become a grind on your potential. And if you don't maintain the visionary piece, again, it's another serious constraint for the company. That's that's what they should be doing. They should be charting the course for growth. They should be planning things that don't exist and standing there. <laughs> what happens? is the daily operations wear them down and pull them away from it. And that's a lot of what our engagement is. It's re-energizing that. And listen, man, you're playing small. You're not reaching for everything you're capable of. So let's go, let's understand what that is, clarify it, and then we're going to reach for it. That's awesome. But it's so true, though. It That is, man, because it's very, very hard when a visionary really embraces what their vision is, it's frightening. Because it's like, well, how am I going to do that? Like, it doesn't even make sense. I don't even have the tools to create this. You know, is what, like, the, there's so much self-talk and so much doubt. There's so much, well, we just talked about this in the first interview. There's just a lot of, it, it's a lot of like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't have the right people. I don't have this. I don't have that. My advice, and tell me if I'm wrong, please, is you can, you can start with focusing on what you do have. What, what tools do you have to create and start there? What, do you, what, say, what say you? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's, that's what's lacking in most cases. It, like, there's this belief that what's missing is something external. And, and I'm, I'm going to go even more in depth with it. What you need is what's inside of you as a human being. And if you're limited and constrained, it's because you haven't developed who you are. You don't understand who you are in this world. You don't understand how you're supposed to relate to it. And the more you do those two things, the easier the rest of it becomes. Ooh, I've got chills. I swear to you, I've got chills in my legs, but I have shorts on. But I, still, that, that's, it's so freaking true. And it's so honest. And you nailed it on the head. And yet... So this is why, so we haven't talked a lot about what you've done. We've just, we met in Las Vegas. We met at a speaker's event and, uh, which I do want to talk about, but I didn't ask you a lot of questions because I wanted to know, this is how I wanted to learn about what you do. You have nailing it. And in fact, I know other people that do something similar, but they're playing small with their coaching. They're not, they're not supporting the big dreams that visionaries have. 
what you are, you're nailing it. So if you're a CEO out there listening, this is your guy. I'm telling you, this is your guy. Um, you travel all over the world. You're doing some stuff. What are you doing in Las Vegas? You've got a, you have something coming up in Las Vegas, right? Yeah, I have, I have an event, the 28th and 29th in Vegas. I have a dear friend coming in. He's in his 70s. He retired from two Fortune 100 companies. And he's going to come teach strategic planning and product launch. So he worked in both of those companies in that capacity. He's going to teach some stuff. I'm going to teach my system. And the second, that's the first day. So we're going to do, you know, four sessions, four hour and a half, two hour sessions. Just real, real high level. The second day will be implementation where we're working hands on with the business owners on the things that have resonated from the day before, helping them create that strategic plan. And then the last piece will be they they present their plan to the other people in the room so we can get a little more dynamics in it. So uh, I'm, I'm really excited about it. It's going to be small and intimate. So 20 slots is, is all I have for it. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, man. So so what you're saying is, it's not going to be some guy just standing on stage lecturing at people and listening and telling you to take notes. It's you're actually going to do the work there and apply it. So when you go home, you already started your process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not selling anything there, man. It's all it's all engagement. It's all relational. It's all hey, we're going to do this while we're there. So I don't know why this is not done in everything like every speech people learn differently now this is the way people learn this is value like when you go pay $500 or $10,000 to listen to people bark at you all day you're wasting your money sorry speaker friends sorry sorry not sorry I'm not sorry at all you're wasting your money to spend $10,000 to listen to someone bark at you all day unless if they're sitting there working with you and teaching you and applying you and letting you make mistakes and having them correct you or coach you or teach you, you're wasting your money because you're going to remember like five things, maybe, maybe one, and then you're going you're gonna to quit doing it two weeks later because you have not been prepped and given the tools. I love what you're doing, man. Are you already sold out? I'm not sold out. I still have a couple slots left. You need to make sure that you put your link in here because I have a lot of CEOs that watch this show that need your help. He really is good. You should, he's got, I'm telling you, like his, the, the people that he works with are terrific guys. And I never promote people's business on this show. You should know, you know that by now, except unless if they do good work, like really, really good work. And there's really no one else that I would recommend in this space than Jesse. So you guys should look him up if you need help with this. Um, Journey Jill says, so true. Ex experiential learning is where it's at. She said, nailing it. She, th you're amazing. Um, yeah. So anyway, so tell me something. So you want, you're going into the speaking world too. Now that I just bash them, <laughs> right? <laughs> it, 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 in a, I would say in an atypical sense, yes. I, Explain know, to us what you want to do. You know, I want to create value. I mean, that's what, that's what this all comes back to. So a lot of, a lot of what I love is. You know, a very brief presentation because information is not the problem today. It's it's application. And the reality is most speakers don't they don't understand 
they, they think they really understand their audience, but they don't really understand their audience. It, 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 what's, what's amazing is that the questions presenters typically think of are out of sequence and what the audience wants to know. I was just talking about this with my pastor yesterday, and he's like, man, people want to know the foundation. They want to know the fundamentals. Like They still have questions about that stuff, and I'm trying to teach some depth of you know, what you do after 10 years of loving God, you know, like, yeah. it's like I, if we can go back to where people are and create value there, that creates progress. So you know, just that's, that's what I want to do in the speaking world. Well, isn't that, but isn't the same thing true? Like what, what do you do after 10 years of serving God and worshiping God is it, you do the same thing you did on the first day. You seek him and you seek yeah, him as much as possible. It. And then more becomes clear. I mean, I, I know how important reading God's word is and, and it's, and it's magical what it unlocks for you as you do it. It's like this, it's a very, it's a mystery, but you know, there's, there's also a lot there that, you know, you can get lost on and confused because some things just don't make sense. Yeah. I, I always say to people, if you just focus like the, you focus on what Jesus is saying and that's what you meditate on that's when you'll find the truth. That's when you'll find the answers. That's when you'll understand love and acceptance and, and forgiving and so on and so on. Correct? Very 100%. You know, the, the, the cool thing is everything's so layered in it that uh, you know, there's always more. And, and, you know, that's one of the things in business that I love is there's, there's always more. It doesn't matter how successful somebody is. There's always this, this layer that they can add to it and add more value and, and so it's the same thing with our relationship with God. To me, there's always more available, and as I seek Him, the opportunities for that more just are, are there. I'm in a position to receive it, integrate it in my life, and create more value for other people. Yeah, and it, I agree. And the more you do, the also the more you seek Him, the, the Him, the more you're able to remove the distractions, and you find out you you have exposed like what's blocking you from connecting, because sometimes it could be. Your diet, <laughs> your diet can have factor in. It can be alcohol consumption. It could be cigarettes. It could be drugs. It could be anger. It could be resentment. It could be um, um, worry. It could be fear. Like those things block you from connecting. And so when you feel like you can't get there, you feel like God's not listening to me. Find like it's a really good time to stop and reflect and say. What is getting in my way? What in my life am I doing that would prevent me from feeling joy, from connecting? And you just start removing stuff. And then what's funny is, as you do that, you, you figure out one thing, you remove it, and it's like, oh, okay, I feel pretty good. But then as you continue to seek him, then you go, oh, crap, I got to work on that now too? Shoot. Ah, crap, I can get rid of it. Ah, get out of here. And then, I mean, it goes, it's an ongoing thing that never ends but the more you do it, I, 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 I'm going to use this word, but the more connected, enlightened toward yeah. you feel. Yeah. It's yeah. the truth. No, I, it is, it is. But what's cool is as you remove layers, you know, you find that next thing that's like, oh, that, that's been there this whole time and I've been disconnected in that area, but let's get it connected. So it's a great, a great way to phrase it, man. I love the way you put it. So tell me what, tell me what your biggest, like right now, what is the biggest thing that you're working on? Like maybe it's the biggest goal. It could be this event, whatever. But what is something that you have a vision for that you 
you can see yourself and this is what you're working into. It could be something selfish. It could be something for humanity, whatever. I'm, I'm working on clarifying and mapping out the system right now. So that's, you know, I, I engage, I, I work people through it, but I, I haven't mapped out line item by line item exactly exactly what we're doing in the sequence order. So that's that's where my attention is today, figuring that out, mapping it out, making sure that I can communicate very clearly so, so people understand it. I love it, man. I love it. Well, listen, I'm um, I'm gonna I want to have you back on again before the show. Um, I'm running. I'm I'm going into my leadership academy here shortly, but um, I wanted to get you on because I wanted people to see what you're about and what you're doing. But we're gonna definitely do this again. But for coming on the show, Jesse, I'm gonna give you a giraffe. You you cannot sell it and you cannot give it away, but you need to feed and water it. What are you going to do with it? I'm going to consume it, embody it, and live it out, man. A giraffe? You're going to eat it? You're going to consume it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you said a giraffe. I, I misheard. No. A giraffe. A giraffe. Okay, a giraffe. Like a Dude, giraffe. I'm going to love it, make it. I'm going to love it, make it grow, man. It's good. It's going to be a lot of fun. Okay. I have pastors here in Oklahoma that we can put it in, so we're, we're good. we got plenty of food for it. Excellent. That's good to hear, man. Well, listen, thank you so much for being on the show. Please make sure to put your information in the comments. Um, Tyler, if you're watching too, please plug your website, your page, and all of that stuff. Um, thank you again for being on the show. You have an amazing day, my friend. Thanks, Josh. You too, buddy. See you, buddy. Bye-bye. All right. So, all right, guys. I'm out of here. I've got... I don't know if I'm doing a show yet. Tomorrow I may. Um, I have somebody scheduled. I just have to see. It's going to be a wild day today. But I'm going back onto my journey. As I've told you, I've started a four-month program and I'm really excited about this week. I'm really excited. Um, God bless you guys. Thank you so much for the support. Please share the video and support Tyler and Jesse. They're both two amazing humans that I just, I love a lot and I think are great. So, they brought it today. They brought an amazing message. So please share um, or tag a friend that should hear this. <laughs> thank you, Tyler. I know. I'm, I'm super excited. And thank you for being on the show. All right, guys. God bless you. And um, we'll see you very soon. Bye. For garden color from the ground up, start with the ground. Vigoro colored bark mulch from the Home Depot. Now three bags for just nine bucks. It protects your plants beautifully and maintains its color for up to 12 months in shades of red, brown, or black that really set off your garden, not to mention your spring. Bring on spring color with Vigoro Colored Bark Mulch. Three bags, nine bucks. Now at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Limit 60 per customer. Color selection varies by store.